2: Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Vladdom, or the Vlad Kingdom, or whatever you want to call it, but either way, Vlad is here, everybody, get excited. Brendan, are you freaking out?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, just a tad, man, I can't control my excitement right now, I can't contain it. So, man, it is super, super exciting, and the buzz that's being generated on, on Twitter right now, as soon as that announcement was made, the two top trending topics on Twitter right now is Vlad Jr. and Blue Jays, I'm pretty sure, or something, Well probably actually just both to do with Vlad. So it's the funny thing is, a,
2: at least where I'm looking, it's Vlad twice, because they, there's people spelling Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out, and then Vlad oh, Jr. <laughs>
1: that's it. It's all the official accounts that's saying his full name, and then everybody else is like, Vlad, Vlad Jr., Buddy. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredibly exciting.
2: Yeah. To quote one of my favorite cartoons when I was a kid, I am so happy I can hardly contain myself.
1: <laughs> so, but it's, I think that's the entire fan base right now, my friend.
2: Yeah, uh, I think the funny thing, uh, MLB pipeline putting up, and it, it's like it's about time, and then it's the home run where he was celebrating, jumping for joy in Montreal last season, coming to home plate, and he's like, that's basically the whole Blue Jay fan base
1: right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely jumping for joy. How perfect would it be if it's in his first at bat, or at least his first game, he just goes yard? I mean, we'll get into this a little bit later with who's pitching for Oakland, but I mean, man. Mm-hmm. It's uh, The script is set perfectly for him to pick up right where he left off in spring training, but also last year in Montreal, too.
2: Yeah, and like you said, we're going to dive more into this whole Vlad watch being closed. Oh, thank God <laughs> it's about time.
1: <laughs> but Everybody was ready, and it's finally here. So,
2: with all the excitement, we do have a show to do, my friend. So, <laughs> Aww. <laughs> this is the big uh, highlight of get... the calling card for the tonight's show, obviously. Vlad Mania is in full. Effect, but we got to talk this series, this quick series that we just had against the San Francisco Giants. The game wrapped up about an hour and a half ago, and after a weekend of insane production, Brendan the hamster kind of fell off the wheel.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's too bad that they weren't able to continue uh, what they were doing in Minnesota and against Oakland, but I mean. This is what you're going to get with the offense. There's going to be some series and some weeks where they're just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball, and then others where they look like they can't hit again. But hopefully now that this announcement is official and our new best hitter is going to be up here, that that would change. And I guarantee if he was up here this past two days, there would have been a few more runs on on the scoreboard.
2: Yeah, so let's talk yesterday's game first before we do, because I totally agree with you that there's plenty of missed opportunities in this. Yesterday, the Blue Jays went 3-for-10 with runners in scoring position, had plenty of opportunities to get something cooking against Jeff Samarja and company, Um, and they just couldn't bring it around, man. And the only one that really brought it around was Roddy Telez hitting another clutch home run, this time a Grand Salami as he, you know, just completely ransacks the deli for all the runs he can <laughs> so
1: the the encouraging thing with that with rowdy's Sam yesterday luckily i was able to catch the tail into that right when i was leaving the yard because the leaf game was done by then but then the fact that he did that off a lefty and was in against a, another lefty again today this speaks volumes that maybe it's not such a bad thing to put rowdy in there against left-handers i mean they were saying on the radio today if you're only facing lefties very seldomly, you're never going to learn how to hit against them. So this is the year of all of them to figure out if Rowdy can hit lefties. And so far, so good. And uh, yesterday kind of uh, cemented that.
2: Yeah, and I I didn't want to ever p- pigeonhole Rowdy Teles in that Adam Lynn ballpark. Adam. He can only hit right-handed pitching. Adam Lynn had made a career out of that and did very well, and I honestly think he's still in a minor league team somewhere. I can't remember, but regardless... Roddy Telez has actually shown that he can hit throughout the minor leagues, and it didn't matter who was on the mound. So why don't you truck him out there and let him give it a shot? There's solid DH at bats for him to be able to get this in. And the guy he hit the grand slam off of yesterday is Tony Watson, a veteran, a very solid um, reliever that has played in over 10 years in the Major League Baseball. (laughs) The highest yeah. ERA that Tony Watson has ever had in a single season is 3.38. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. That, and his career ERA true. is 2.66, so just insane. And that, he's around one with his whip for his career. I
1: remember, I remember back in 2016 when they needed a lefty in the bullpen, and and everybody was saying that they should be making a trade with the Pirates to get Andrew McCutcheon. I remember the one-off season, there was that rumor that they were discussing a Andrew McCutcheon deal, and it included Tony Watson to be a left-hander in the bullpen, and it would have been a crap ton that they would have had to give up for those two, obviously. But, yeah, Watson has been really good throughout his career. He's closed with the Pittsburgh Pirates and set up Jason Grilly and pitched some really key innings for the Pirates when they were going in, into some playoff runs and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it's not like it was a slouch lefty up there. Tony Watson's pretty legit, yeah. so it was nice to see and it was a good at that, too. He got down 0-2, fought his way back into the count, and got a pitch he could hammer out for a grand slam.
2: And I think that's where Roddy Telez is different than all those guys that um, are pigeonholed and they can only hit right-handed hitters as left-handed bat or right-handed pitchers as left-handed batters. You know, a, a lot. Roddy Telez is the one thing that has really impressed me so far this season with him. When the bats I have seen, yeah, he might swing and miss at a couple, you know, weird pitches outside the zone every once in a while, but they're never on that third strike. And it seems like he always manages to get the count to at least, you know, 2-2. It's a lot of pitches yeah. I see, and you're going to end up running into one.
1: He's, he's putting himself in good hitter counts to be able to uh, to drive the ball out of the ballpark or hit extra base hits. So, no, Rowdy so far has proven that he belongs in the big leagues, and he's just continuing where he left off in September last year when he looked really, really, really good as well. So it's nice to see. And for Justin Smoke, who's in the last year of his deal... Yeah. Rowdy Teles is a pretty decent over at first base, too. Still got some stuff to learn, but at the same time, uh, I think they're finding out that they may have their future first baseman for when Justin Smoke is off this team.
2: Yeah, and... <laughs> With the way Roddy Telez is playing, and the way Justin Smoke has been playing, you got, got teams that are looking around for a first baseman. That conversation might happen a lot earlier than Blue Jays fans were expecting, especially if this kind of onesie, twosie, can't get the offense stuff going except for Justin Smoke continues to happen. <laughs> you know, he's um, playing his way out of Toronto, and the Blue Jays got there, like you said, the guy of the future that probably is going to push Justin Smoke into free agency next year at, at a minimum.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of Justin Smoke, this has by far been the best start to his career, and if he continues something like this, it's it's pretty awesome what he's doing. He's going deep in, in counts. He's getting on base via the walk, the home runs, doubles, singles, whatever it may be, just to get on base. He's hitting the ball harder, making solid, solid contact that great never really has before. So the older he seems to get, the better he is, and this is the guy that, the texas rangers didn't want to trade for the late roy halliday when there was that all trade talk back in 2009 on uh who they were going to decide to make trade partners with they wanted smoke even as far as back then when he was the top prospect of the rangers so it, 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 it's so nice to see justin smoke turn into a legitimate hitter because he was looking like a big bust for a while but that is not the case anymore he's just a late bloomer
2: yeah, in 21 games for the Blue Jays so far, he has 17 RBIs, 14 walks, struck out 19 times. So he's close to one to one there, and he's triple slashing 284, 411, and 527. That's that's the heart of an order, regardless of many teams that you're playing on with those kind of numbers.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. And just adding about a bat of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., whether it's behind smoke, in front of smoke, or maybe even a few more notches down in the batting order. That's only going to help Smoltz. hopefully be able to continue what he started so far this year.
2: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see once we get into the Vlad uh, conversation here. We'll talk, obviously, about that lineup, good stuff. But so Kevin Pillar, we got to talk Kevin Pillar. Hey, his first game back yesterday, second game, didn't do a ton, but I believe he drove in in a run, if I'm correct.
1: He did. Yeah, and his first at-bat of all at-bats yesterday, too. Kind of fueled himself off of uh, that tribute video we got. No, that perfect send off for a guy who was really good here, at least defensively, uh, since the time he got to the big leagues. And he got to say his his goodbyes, and the fans got to say their goodbyes, too. I mean, at the same time, though, I am pretty excited to, uh, or happy to be seeing him flailing at pitches well out of the zone not in a blue jay uniform
2: (laughs) which it happened in both games (laughs) i got to see those wonderful swings all over again i still think that that when we were talking about a couple weeks ago that tweet that russell martin and him were like in the same game together right after he got traded Russell Martin's laughing when he comes up to the plate and somebody put in the bubble online and said, come on, do it once for
1: me. And then the, for all time's
2: sake, and then the next picture was him falling on his butt in the batter's box. So.
1: And lying straight down, like, like, like looking like he was dead. Like That's near planking. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to get his ab workouts in.
2: Yeah. So as the Blue Jays' offense, like we were talking about here, kind of just completely screeched to a halt, uh, especially today during today's game, their 4 nothing loss to the San Francisco Giants to close out this two-game series. Two hits. Two hits.
1: <laughs> That's uh, pretty reminiscent of what it was like the first two or three weeks of the season, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah, and and this is after even yesterday's game. You know, At least they were able to scrape six runs together and be in it. Yes, four of those came off a one swing, but they had nine hits. At least things were being peppered around and forcing – the Giants to make plays today not so much the story and drew Pomerantz, of all people <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've been able to hit drew Pomerantz really really well when he was a member of the Red Sox so kind of sucks that they weren't able to do that again this year but or, or this time out uh, today but hey that stuff happens especially with a young lineup and a lot of guys in there who probably even shouldn't be in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah,
2: there is that. <laughs> <Freedom>. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, him <and> again. <laughs> always seems to be brought up. He's going to be a line always...
2: until he gets dropped or finally lights a fire under his ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, man, he had that electric RBI triple on Tuesday. Maybe he should stay.
2: <laughs> I think that's still his second hit in how many games.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's had uh, more than enough that's to... Uh, to prove that, yeah, he doesn't deserve to be here. so We'll see what the roster move is for when Vlad does officially get instated on the 25-man. Uh, Maybe yeah. it is Brito.
2: I unfortunately do not think it's going to be Brito from our pre-conversation. There sounds like uh, somebody might be heading to the injured list.
1: Yeah. It seems like Freddy Galvez, that's where he's destined for, unfortunately. I mean, man, that Ironman streak was damn impressive, and at least he got to continue it yesterday, but not today. It sucks to see, but all good things come to an end at some point. Yeah,
2: Freddie Galvis, not... I, I. Here's the funny thing. As far as the record goes, I don't even think that's a 16th of the way to Cal Ripken's consecutive game record. Yeah. So to give everybody Cal- a perspective on that, Freddie Galvis was the active leader of any player in all of baseball, and I think even like in the recent years, like, period. 349 consecutive games. That's... Look... Li- little over two seasons worth of, you know, games, right? Cal Rick did that straight for, what, 17 years?
1: (laughs) Yeah, whatever the heck it was. Some damn impressive uh, streak. But I think, yeah, Galvis was the active leader in the major leagues. So, yeah, it sucks to see, and especially with how good he's been too, hopefully he isn't going to be able to avoid the injured list. But if he wasn't able to even pinch hit late in the game, then uh, it's not looking good for him avoiding the uh, injured list.
2: Yeah, so unfortunately, that probably is going to be the roster move. And if it is not, if I see Socrates Brito in this uniform anymore, when you got somebody like Vlad coming up to the lineup, I might just eat my hat.
1: <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of people doing that, Greg. <laughs> not surprising. Going to be a lot of hats eaten. Yeah. How do you make a good move and then completely
2: just bury it by keeping somebody like him <laughs> on the team? Especially with some of the other company that Vladimir Guerrero has been keeping in Buffalo, and you know, there's just too many good bats going on, and I want to touch on Kevin Biggio, man.
1: He should be the one that's driving alongside with Vlad Jr. on his way to Toronto. I wish it was, because the state of the middle infield right now, I mean, Urania deserves to be up here for the rest of the year with how he's played so far. Especially that play he made earlier today, but, uh, yeah, uh, whether it's getting rid of Alan Hansen, which is another option. Uh, yeah, Biggio, equally, well, not as equally as Vlad, obviously, but pretty close, deserves a call to the big league sooner rather than later.
2: Yeah, and the catch with the difference between at least Vlad and Biggio, right? Vlad obviously was projected to be in the majors one way or the other this season, and it should have happened even sooner than we're probably talking here. They just kinda of, I guess the quote unquote story on Vlad waiting until today is they wanted to make sure he could handle like a quote on, a week's worth of games in a row and have the proper conditioning and feel good about everything. Kevin Big yeah. has done nothing but just destroy international league pitching until this point in triple A with the bisons. And In all reality, the only guy outperforming him, and this is in a small sample size, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Biggio is hitting right now. I'm not sure if this is as updated as today, but 415, OBP of 500 in 53 at-bats. I mean, that's starting to get to... It's still a small sample size, but at the same time, it's getting to the point where it's like, wow, that's still impressive for 53 at-bats where you can get on base half the time. And 34 total bases... And he's walked as much as he's struck out, too, which is something that he hasn't done throughout his minor league career. So maybe he's figured it out and has come into his own, too, And with the middle infield kind of in a state of flux for the time being. I don't know how much longer it'll be until he gets up here, especially now that uh, Bo will be out for uh, at least six weeks.
2: Yeah, broken uh, helmet bone or something like that in his hand. I can't. It started with an H. Helmet bone's your
1: collarbone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something something like that. Some some bone in his hand. I think it might be one of his fingers, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Something's broken there.
2: Yeah, either way, I watched him get plunked the other night during that game, and I was just like, no. It, it looked like it hit just too flush for it to be just bumps and bruises kind of thing, you know? And well, I just. The one saving grace is his left hand.
1: Yes, and didn't Jordan Romano in the next inning when he went back out there throw at a member of the Syracuse Chiefs? Yeah,
2: quote unquote and, <laughs> threw. It. Yeah,
1: and uh um, so,
2: but that's baseball. It happens. Yeah. If you hit my best player. They didn't go after their best player on the, on the chiefs. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> I was, I was kind of surprised to see that. I think a few people, I know I tweeted that after Romano threw Adam and that was be circulating Twitter. It was like, get Vlad out of the game immediately. <laughs> <not> enough, right? <laughs> luckily they, Before
2: he goes. Yeah, too.
1: Exactly. And oh, that would have uh, been a nightmare all over again, but uh, he's here. So that's all that matters.
2: Yeah. And Bobuchet, unfortunately, was having a good resurgence after a slow start in Triple A. Um, it's one of those things, man. It's just that's how the ball rolls. Sometimes it's bad luck. One of their teammates, Anthony Alford, has been doing nothing but deal with that over the last few years, and is still kind of not figured out this whole cold weather thing up here where we're all at. <laughs> yeah, and is off to a you know icy start, but. He's going to come around too, and it's going to be insane. The, by the, by, I think we've talked about this. This is going to be a completely different looking team by the end of this season, I think. And we just got oh, step number one getting our yeah. everyday third and, baseman
1: in. And step number two probably would be next, maybe Lourdes Guriel after a few more weeks. Now that he's back in the field, and, and he's hitting very well too down in Buffalo. And then probably step three, Kevin Biggio. And maybe if he gets into a few games, maybe a month or two, maybe September we see Boba as well. So the kids are coming, and it started with the call-up of Vlad today. So it, it's coming, and people should be damn excited about it too because I know we are, and everybody else on Twitter is as well.
2: Yeah. So I got to talk to Gloria all thing, saying he did bring it up. In five games so far, he's batting four twenty nine with a home run and three RBIs and three doubles. So... I don't know if this is just the fact that he's so used to playing against major league pitching and he's just playing out of his league, but the fact is he wasn't doing anything with the lumber in Toronto. So this is encouraging.
1: It is, and I wonder how much of it was the mental aspect of things too with him not being able to perform very well defensively. I'm sure that played part of it too. It was the right decision, man. It really was. It kind of sucked, and people were saying, hey, this is the year where you let them work through their struggles. Uh, some of the young guys who are up here already. But uh, it made all the sense in the world, and he's uh, started out DHing, getting his bat back, which is clear, and now he's been playing at second base, I believe, today and yesterday. He's been at second base, so he's getting back into the field. So I don't don't think it'll be too much longer if he continues to hit and plays adequate defense that he's back up here and continues what he did start last year.
2: Yeah, because my wonder is if he was hitting like he's hitting in Buffalo right now in this five-game stretch, would that one – onesie Z error throws he would probably still be in the lineup because of how badly we need offense in this lineup
1: oh for sure and I think that was the story with Lourdes Gurriel if he, as long as he was able to contribute offensively you knew that there was going to be some defensive struggles and it just wasn't working on either side of the uh either side of the ball uh so hey it is what it is but you've coming back to the Lourdes Gurriel that uh, we all know and love and that somehow earned himself a bobblehead this early in his career today.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's, that's so disappointing that he was on the cover of RBI baseball for Canada, and he has a bobblehead already. And then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, kid, get back to the minors.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's time to go back down. You're not living up to that bobblehead that we gave you.
2: <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> so
1: so anyway, let's
2: gush, man. It's time. The the biggest domino has fallen for the blue jays future and the gates are now going to be flooded open i think at this point vladimir guerrero jr is going to join this team on friday and it's going to be epic
1: i think epic is uh selling it short <laughs> it is going to be
2: so many fancy words man
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not that smart i'm not that good with, i'm not that uh smart to be able to come up with uh, a word that truly encapsulates the moment but uh Yeah, I'll go with Epic. I'll I'll give you that one, but it's going to be special. And uh, I would not be surprised, given it was 48 hours out, pretty much, that they made the announcement. I mean, I have open, as we're recording, the Ticketmaster seat map to see how many sections are starting to turn from uh, dark blue, which means there's lost seats, to light blue, and there has been some already. So people are buying their tickets. And with no Raptors or Leafs on Friday night, I would be expecting a crowd of 35, if not 40,000-plus.
2: And you're going...
1: I am, and you're About trying to talk in the me into it level. too,
2: and I'm seriously comprehending it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's the debut, man. If you can, if you can swing it, you're not that far away.
2: I'll make it happen some way or the other, I would think. But uh, I'm definitely gonna have to move my dentist appointment again on Saturday morning. Oh no! <laughs> oh, uh, damn
1: dentist! Save your teeth. I know, right? Yeah, or go watch Flatty.
2: I like Vladdy. Yeah. I like drinking. Um, yeah, ball game. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's a pretty easy decision for you.
2: Oh, so, Vladdy has done nothing but annihilate, I guess is the best way of putting it, minor league pitching. It's the holiday-slash-vacation of the early April <laughs> baseball season here for AL hit pitchers completely now over with. So, the hiatus is over with. The The coming of Mike Trout 2.0, basically, is here.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how quickly he starts hitting like he has in the minors. People should not freak out if he gets off to a bit of a slow start. It's an, it's an adjustment, man. There's nothing like facing major league pitching uh, and, and the best pitchers in the world trying to get you out. So, But, you know, this guy's a once-in-a-generational type talent. I don't think it would take too long for him to figure it out because it didn't at any stop during the minors. He was able to hit and overcome every single promotion he got. So, if there were struggles, it won't be for very long. And Honestly, I don't think there will be struggles. I think he'll be up here and and, uh, contributing right off the bat.
2: You look at his stats from 2016 to now in the minor leagues, there is nothing here that says anything short of, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And AL AL pitchers should be shitting themselves right now. That's about what I'm thinking.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Mike Fires going on Friday night for the Athletics. And I'm going to bring up that fires in his rookie year is it was in 2011, and that was the last year of Vladimir Guerrero Senior. in the major leagues. So it's all come full circle for Mike Fires to be able to serve up a home run to Vlad in his uh, in one of his at bats. He faced Mike Fires on Friday, so hopefully that's the case. But isn't that crazy? He faced, or I don't know if he ever faced Vlad Senior. But Vlad Senior was still in the big leagues, and now Mike Fires is going to face his son. That's a really cool story.
2: Yeah, it's a great story, and like six degrees from Kevin Bacon-like, right? (laughs) So the only thing that would be (laughs) further on that is if somehow Bartolo Colon, who was a teammate of Vlad Sr., (laughs) comes out and gets a start on any Major League Baseball team against Vlad Jr. this year.
1: (laughs) <laughs> or may, maybe, with the, the state of the rotation, they signed Bartolo Colon. I highly doubt that that happens, but how crazy would that be?
2: Yeah, that would be insane, and I would love every minute of it. Because no offense, I don't. There's still nobody in this minor league system that, from our show on Monday, that's still screaming, "Come on, call me up for a pitching yeah. staff." And unfortunately, our biggest trade ship, our free agent signing, just resigned with the Milwaukee Brewers and Gio Gonzalez today.
1: So I guess my, my uh, prediction from Monday is already uh, out the wayside. <laughs> yeah,
2: failed that one, just missed the other one.
1: <laughs> I feel like I was close enough on Vlad to give my, myself a pat on the back there. I think we, I think if, if there wasn't bad weather in Buffalo on the weekend, he would have been able to play consecutive games, and he probably would have been up here on Tuesday if he was able to do that, but he wasn't, so it's now Friday.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly, I think, what it was. He was. He would have played three games over the weekend, and none of those happened in Buffalo. I was planning on going to them. This, the Friday night game got canceled and postponed. They played literally an inning on Saturday, and they were supposed to have a doubleheader. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vlad. And oh, by the way, I can't even say a full inning because it was literally the first inning that they were thinking they were going to be able to get into it, and then a rain delay happened, and the rain delay turned into a postponement. So, Vlad never even batted, and neither did the Buffalo Bisons on Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah. They tried to toss the Bisons a bone by giving them one weekend of Vlad Jr. And too bad for them, they got to see him enough last year and get your tickets and your ticket sales in last year. So, eh, too bad. He's never going back. From what I've
2: been hearing from uh, some of our friends over there, they've been selling plenty of Vlad jerseys. (laughs) So I think they're doing okay.
1: I'd imagine that there will be quite a mix of Buffalo Bisons Vlad Jr. gear and Blue Jay Vlad Jr. gear. There's already been a bunch of people uh, that I've seen and going to games that have Vlad like Jr. jerseys already made.
2: Yeah. So as far as the fun goes, I'm not wearing my Lansing Lugnuts hat that has the, th- the three Hall of Famer kids on it. I have my Lansing Lugnuts hat. I got well, I had the pleasure of this Buffalo Bisons prospect showcase this past winter. I got it autographed with Vlad, Bichette, and Biggio all on one hat. There you go. That's too cool. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's
1: a, keep, that's a keeper forever. Yeah, I think you got to put that in a case or something.
2: Yeah, I need to find something nice to display it with all the other prospect stuff from this generation that we're going to be going through here because this is the foundation, man. This is literally the core, and I think we're going to exceed the Yankees core four idea with having like five, six guys here by the time it's said and done.
1: I sure hope so, man. And the one thing that I will bring up is, you're starting to see in the minor leagues the making of the core after of prospects, uh, after the Vlad and Bo core, because guys down in the minors like Jordan Groshans, who we touched on on Monday, and other guys like that who are hitting, and the uh, and the starters down in Double A are really starting to form their own core of prospects to be excited about. So, just like they wanted to do when they got here, Shapiro and Atkins is create a steady stream of prospects who are coming through the system at all times, and that's already starting as far down as uh, Lansing and Dunedin, which is also incredibly exciting.
2: Yeah, so we went from having not even a trickle of like prospects into the major league levels. Kevin Pillar was the last real position player to have made a stand on this team. You can make the arguments, obviously, for, you know, on the pitching side between Stroman, Sanchez, Roberto Osuna, and some of the other company that's come up through the crop the last few years. But there hasn't been a position player that, that at least on the Vladdy level, ever in Blue Jays baseball. I can't remember a time when I was younger watching Carlos Delgado, Halliday, and everybody coming up through the system that everybody was just like, oh my God, we have the best player in baseball
1: yeah no so uh, ian hunter who's been on uh, with you and other shows that we've been on in the past said i he couldn't even think of who uh, a debut that would be this exciting for people to rally around he mentioned travis snyder not a chance and he also mentioned brett lorry which there was definitely some uh, excitement about brett lorry but probably more so to the fact that he was canadian as well but uh yeah this is a debut like no other and uh uh, people should be excited, and I sure hope that the crowd gets up to thirty-five or forty thousand. Because man, if Vlad does anything at the plate on Friday with a big crowd, then uh, man, the roof is going to fall off the Rogers Center. And then, yay, we're going to be able to build a new stadium.
2: <laughs> the roof hasn't been slowly just deteriorating anyway. <laughs> yes. Was it That's an opening why, day it, again that they were saying there's leaks?
1: Yeah, any time that it's rained, they've had buckets out in the outfield because there's leaks through the roof.
2: Wow, <laughs> oh. And then that goes along with some of the other issues that they were kind of conversing about over the off season with the foundation and some of these other things. It's like, no, it, 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 which is funny because I never in a million years, every time I visited, thought that this is, a, this is a bad ballpark. I always have fun. I have a great damn time. And it's a fun place to watch a baseball game. And I always felt like don't feel the advantage rings true months, everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's terrible. The Rudder Center, kind of. I just think it's eh, it's all right, especially when the roof is open and you're facelift. out and on a Saturday afternoon. It, it's nice. It's, it's not bad. It just needs a bit of a facelift inside, which they've already started. Yeah. But uh, at least at least the on-field pr- product will uh, be keeping us going and excited for a long time.
2: And that should make sure that there's plenty of money coming in to fix said roof leaks.
1: <laughs> I I hope so. Because, man, if it's another few years down the road and it's getting a little costly, then at what point do you start thinking of building a new stadium? Yeah,
2: they're not going to ever beat that location, though. So one way or the other, we're talking about knocking the one down and starting over again,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which doesn't really happen these days. It's not even like you can knock it down because it's like, where, where would you play? Where would the Blue Jays play for a year? Uh, but also the land is owned by I'm pretty sure the government of Ontario mm-hmm. so they would have to go through that whole process to be able to redevelop that land but uh, oh, come yeah on, exhibition uh, Stadium's
2: still there, isn't it <laughs> yeah but
1: maybe BMO field
2: <laughs> there you go so yeah, just make sure we get down there we can you know have the literal snow game early in April <laughs> just like we used to and it'll be yeah. amazing but I, it's it's coming, and I think all these things, and I just think it's funny that we're talking renovations here, and they literally are ripping the seats uh the Dunedin Ballpark today. I don't know if you saw some of the stuff I tweeted out, but the... I did. The Dunedin Blue Jays... Mascot literally just saying demolitions begun, and it's all it says on the tweet, and it shows the DJ walking out and just beating the living hell out of something <laughs> with a baseball bat. <laughs> the only thing I I thought was hilarious that I thought this, and a few other people did, and tweeted it out that it's like what no bat flip after crushing the copy early. <laughs> <laughs> it's true Blue Jays fashion. So that's right. But if they're spending that kind of money down on that complex, you know that they're the plans are steadily moving along to keep those upgrades going for the rogers center and if they're going to have a show like this that they're going to have going forward here it's only going to get more exciting there's going to be more and more people in the ballpark and we already know that all toronto and canadian fans will come when things are going well
1: Oh, without a doubt we saw that in 2015 and 2016 so hopefully this team can get back to those levels of competitiveness um as soon as next year 2021 and uh for the days of 40,000 plus at the dome will uh be back and be back quicker than i think people realize yeah when i was a kid
2: you could not get seats to that we, we i in 94 i remember we the only time we could get seats when we bought them in advance or Ticketmaster or whatever right it was in august because we were quote yeah. unquote too late to and then of course in 94 what happens oh sorry you don't get to go <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry, there's a strike. We're preventing uh, an all-Canadian World Series matchup. Yeah, and that's exactly what it
2: did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's uh, that conspiracy theory out there, and I do believe it. I don't think uh, I don't think they wanted that, but eh, that's a different topic of conversation. Yeah,
2: and in all reality, I don't care what we trucked out there that season, that Montreal Expos team was going to be unstoppable.
1: That's yeah, insane. no, there's no doubt about that. It would have been uh, very fun to see them in the World Series as well.
2: So. Anyway, Brendan, I think that I've got all I can get out about Vlad other than the fact that I need to hurry up and find my way to get on a four-hour road trip up to your way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, I think we've uh, built this up so much that now that it's here, it's kind of like, oh, my God, it's actually here. What else do we talk about? Because all the the conversations were about when the hell is he going to get here, and now he's finally here, and that conversation is finally out the window. and. The the buzz that is generated across all of the MLB as well, not just Blue Jays fans. Everybody has taken notice that he's going to be up here. So I would expect quite a few people that are baseball fans all around Canada and the United States, even if you don't cheer for the Blue Jays or the Oakland Athletics, to be tuning in to Vlad Jr. at-bats. I mean, on MLB Network, down on the ticker, every so often it goes to red and says, breaking news, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been called up to the Toronto Blue Jays.
2: Yeah, and that's fun to see that. There's actually a Blue Jay highlight on MLB Network of any kind. (laughs) I couldn't believe after especially after this past weekend and the Matt Shoemaker stuff going on we're we're not out of this at all and by any means necessary are we you know somehow mathematically eliminated. We literally lost one of the best pitchers in our rotation in Matt Shoemaker I did not hear one stinking word on any baseball outlet outside of Blue Jays channels
1: no, I know. It's crazy. It just goes to show that and how little coverage they do get unless they're a really legitimately good team. But, uh, hey, this is going to generate conversation, and there will be Vlad Jr. highlights all the time on MLB Network. I sure hope there is at least.
2: Yeah, and here's the fun part. Not only are we getting Vlad on Friday night, we're going to get somebody that's going to do nothing but feed off of all this energy in the ballpark and having the stro Show in prime time with uh, <laughs> Vlad and company, basically. <laughs>
1: Uh, And with what Strowman did last Friday against the same Oakland Athletics team going into the ninth, with that electric crowd, hopefully, I mean, Strowman pitched really well on opening day. And if it's a big crowd, then I expect Strowman to go out there and absolutely deal on Friday night against the Athletics. So combine that with Vlad Jr., it could be a very fun Friday night for Blue Jays fans and even just casual sports fans in the city of Toronto.
2: Yeah, and then following up that, the rest of the weekend, we're going to have Aaron Sanchez versus Brett Anderson. Another good matchup. It's the same matchup, I believe, that we had the Sunday.
1: On the Sunday, that's right.
2: So that's another good matchup and a chance for us to do the same kind of thing we did to Brett Anderson last weekend, and Sanchez hopefully has the fingernail issues past him. There has been no indication that he is thinking he's going to miss that start, or at least anything I've heard.
1: Yeah, no, it sure seems that way. I'm kind of surprised. I would have thought that maybe he would miss one, but I believe they were saying today on um, on Baseball Central that it really isn't that big of a crack. Like, it's not even like it's his entire nail. I could be very wrong on that, so somebody correct me if, if I am, <laughs> but for, I remember from what I heard that it's not like it's a major crack of the nail. So hopefully he's okay and that can be put behind him, and it was just a minor scare.
2: Yeah, there's something the. To- <laughs> take pause about, maybe, right?
1: Yeah, just just monitor very closely, but hopefully quickly forget about. Yeah, and just pour glue all over it and hope
2: it stays together.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just stay together and continue doing what you've been doing to start the season, which is pumping in fastballs and that awesome, awesome curveball.
2: Ugh, he's looked like everything that we've missed over the last few years and got very used to in 2015 and 2016, where in all reality... Aaron Sanchez was pretty much our Cy Hunt Award candidate.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely, easily, especially in 2016 as well when he led the American League in the ERA. So, yeah, no, hopefully that fingernail will hold up because right now, when you look at those two matchups, I would imagine with our new best offensive weapon in the lineup, uh, making that lineup even deeper, I don't see why they can't at least take two to three from the Oakland Athletics. And uh, who knows, Sunday is Chris Bassett against Trent Thornton. Hopefully, Thornton does get back on track a little bit. He's struggled since his first two starts. But, hey, man, with Vlad up here, it's time to start expecting them to or predicting them to at least win a few more series than we may have at the beginning of the year without him here.
2: Yeah, you're add tons of runs to an offense that's been struggling to get runs. And it and maybe I, struggling is the wrong word, Brendan, but it's been so intermittent when they actually turn the offense on. And it Usually it's like yesterday's game. They turned it on for six runs. And then the next game, nothing. So, spurts.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. And you know what, man? I, I wouldn't even call it shot. It's just learning. I think that's what it is, especially with all the young guys that are in the uh, in the lineup every single day. They're just learning how to hit at the big league level. Jansen, uh, all those young guys who are still up here, even guys who are a little bit m- older and haven't necessarily been around for overly long, like Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney, To Oscar. They're all learning how to hit for the first time, really, at the big league level over a full season. So there will be spurts where they look like world beaters, like they did against Minnesota and, and against Oakland. And then there are going to be times when they just look god awful. But uh, those god awful times were without Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So hopefully that solves that and gives a little bit more punch to the lineup.
2: Yeah, that punch is coming to the tune of a guy that's been merely batting a 330 340 <laughs> throughout his minor league tenure.
1: <laughs> Insane, man. It, uh, I, I, I'm stoked. i stoked. I can't wait for his first at-bat yeah. on, uh, on Friday night. It's going to be great.
2: So I thought this was funny last week, and I think it even rings more true now. Hazel May tweeted out that apparently that last Tuesday's game was the game that Vladimir Guerrero Jr., actually matched how many games his father played in minor league baseball now you're what four days later four games later (laughs) it's pretty insane that they came up and when they were i saw it on twitter too i think on tsn had it out that said that you know vlad's numbers and vlad jr's numbers and they were insanely close
1: yeah I guess the one good thing about Vlad's numbers compared to his dad was that uh, Vlad Jr. has always had a better eye at the plate than his old man. So if that continues, then he's going to be that much of a better hitter than Vladimir Sr. was. And, hey, man, I mean, if he is exactly like his dad, that's absolutely fantastic because that's a Hall of Fame career right there.
2: Yeah. As long as I don't see uh, Vlad Jr. doing a tee-up off of uh, balls that bounce, about three feet before the plate,
1: it's
2: <laughs> <That's> still <laughs> one of my th- favorite highlights in all of baseball. Vlad Senior yeah. pummeling a ball like a cricket player over the right field wall on a bounce. It, who the hell does that?
1: <laughs> yeah, the old saying with Vlad Senior was "head to toes." He's going to swing at it no matter what, and that was rung true was especially with that one. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so his son's got that same talent, but like like you said, having that presence of mind and the patience to wait for the pitch and still be able to put it wherever the hell he wants. It's a guy playing, you know, pool and putting the ball wherever he wants at that point. It's insane.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is, man. It definitely is. So hopefully he just continues to do what he's done in the minor leagues. And I see nothing that would uh, make anybody believe that he couldn't do that. Jeff Passon, just tweeted, for all the excitement about Vlad Jr.'s debut, it's entirely warranted. But let's not forget, he belonged in the big league last year. So the fact that a very, very good and reputable MLB writer is saying that, I, I think people believe that he's just going to be able to continue doing what he started in the minor leagues at the big league level as soon as Friday night.
2: Yeah. So where do you put him in the lineup? What's your vote?
1: That's a good that's a very good question. They were actually debating that today on Baseball Central, and I do kind of agree. I don't think it'll be in the middle of the order immediately. Uh, I mean, it very well could. There's obviously a very good argument for him to be right in the middle of the order, right around Smoke and Grichik. But my guess, I think they're going to slot him around sixth. Uh, so not quite in the heart of the order, but he will be behind guys like Smoke and Grichik and T. Oscar, but... I mean, I, I think at this point it's a coin flip with what they decide to do. He could be fifth, he could be fourth, he could be third, but I'm going to go with six in the batting order.
2: Yeah, I have him one spot higher than you. I'm putting him right behind Justin Smoke because they're going to be like, oh, okay, great, relax a little bit. It's the prospect. you know. Yes, it's Vlad Jr., but there's still that thing that something about this kid hasn't seen my stuff and he hasn't played at the major league level. That's going to carry for a week or so. Until everybody goes, oh, fuck, they were right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, these guys weren't lying when they said he can absolutely annihilate a fastball.
2: They <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen my heat yet. He's been seeing plenty of good heat throughout his tenure in the minor leagues. You've you got to think there's kids like Nate Pearson running around all over the minor league baseball now. That's one the ball, triple oh. digits, constantly.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: so, And um, he was actually somebody that took Michael Kopech deep. At one point over the last season, too.
1: So. And he can throw in the upper 90s and 100s as well. So I think he's ready for a big league fastball. I know I'm just saying that. Hopefully the breaking ball doesn't give him fits. But if it does, I mean, that's just all part of his growth as well, facing legitimate major league breaking stuff. That's one thing that you will never see in the minor leagues is polished, legitimate breaking balls that can be thrown for strikes uh, or even just off the plate to get batters to swing. So if there is an area where it will be interesting to see how he handles it, it will be that off-speed stuff.
2: Yeah, and that's one one reason I'm glad he did stick in the International League as long as he did even go in last season. There's plenty of guys like that that have a major league curveball in AAA but can't do the rest of it anymore. Those guys there are grizzled veterans, right? They know how to spin a baseball, and that's why they're still playing AAA baseball and hoping to maybe get a bullpen stint with a major league team or something. There's a lot of those guys, especially in the International League just lingering. <laughs> and Vlad was doing nothing but Vlad things all last season. So it's yeah. very encouraging. So It is, man. who do you have him starting at third base on Friday night?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I definitely think he'll start at third. And if that's the case, my guess is that Brandon Jury goes over to second base. Even though I believe even Brandon Jury was saying that he's definitely much more of a natural third baseman, he can play second as well. He did when he got to the Blue Jays last year. Um, so – Yeah, my guess is Vlad goes in at third, and Drury slides over to second base, and maybe that is the move to get Alan Hansen off of the big league roster.
2: So I have the question for you. If you're going to do that with Drury, what are you doing with Eric Sogard, who today was his first game as a Blue Jay where he didn't catch an RBI, but still got another hit?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a very legitimate question. Uh, I believe Sogard can also play shortstop. Uh, He is much more of a natural second baseman, but I believe he has played short in the bigs. So if Galvis does go on the IL, my guess would then be that Vlad goes to third, Jury to second, and then a mix of Urania and Sogard uh, at shortstop until Galvis gets back yeah. off the IL, assuming Galvis goes there. That would be my guess.
2: Yeah, because at least with the way this offense is being uh, my only que- or my only reason for asking that question is right now the hottest hitter in Blue Jays' uniform that isn't named Justin Smoke is Eric
1: Sogard. <laughs> yeah. It's a very legitimate question, and because he's actually has, he's been a very good spark plug at the top of the order, so definitely worthy of consideration when you're thinking of uh, moving Drury over to second base. Yeah,
2: so what do you think, man? Want to wrap it up? You got anything else?
1: <laughs> I'm going to say Vlad will drive in a run on Friday night. I don't know if it'll be a home run, but if it is, uh, Mike Fires will be the one to serve it up in his first or second at-bat of the game. That's my prediction.
2: I hear you on that. I'm thinking double for his uh, first first hit. I don't know if it will yeah. be his first at bat, but I have there's just something I'm having the pleasure of watching him, the way he hits over, you know, what I'm, I've seen him about six or seven times now in the minor leagues in various points, and his power not only is going to be playing in the American League East ballparks and the Rogers Center really well to the fences, he is going to just tear apart those gaps, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're,
1: now, now my question it. at that point would be will he hit it so hard when it goes into the gap that they're going to hold him to a single <laughs> because it'll be absolutely roped and the it'll bounce off the wall and right back into an outfielder's glove that they'll be able to cut him before he goes to second base
2: those, oh, Maybe. I, I think we're going to finally <laughs> find out how well those walls are actually anchored in the outfield for the, <laughs> for the Blue Jays yes, They might be able to withstand a Kevin Pillar running into it but will, will they withstand a 110-120 exit velocity. <laughs>
1: I think I think a wall might be knocked down.
2: Yeah, it's going to be like, uh, I think it was Jose Canseco or somebody like that that ran through the bullpen one year <laughs> into the, one of the yeah, doors.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. They're going to have to put extra padding or some sort of protection on the scoreboards as well. Brandon Belt put a dent in the scoreboard on Tuesday <laughs> night. I think there'll be a lot more uh, scoreboard uh, denting with Vlad up here.
2: I always thought it was hilarious that they put those right in the power alleys. I'm like, somebody's going to just light those things up. and I, It wasn't going to be somebody uh, like uh, Johnny Damon running into it, scraping his arm. I was thinking they were just going to be broken all the time and <laughs> have yeah. baseball spider cracks all over the place. Almost like Adam Corsair's be a- car a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They will be did some he tell you that board, story? Board. The, uh, the night no, after, no. The night after he no, did that game and was goofing around with, like, oh, my God, they just pulled Vlad from us. Apparently, where he hit that home run, the 440-foot ba- bomb there in Pawtucket, landed right near where his car was in the parking lot.
1: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> so when I was on South of the Six the other night, I asked him about it, and I'm like, so what What would you have done if he did do that? And I'm like, if there's a dent from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on my hood, I'm going to ask him to freaking sign it, and then I'm going to clear
1: coat over it. <laughs> <laughs> Never get that dent fixed, ever. And if somebody asks, Yeah, it's from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hitting a bomb out of the stadium. No big deal. (laughs) Yeah, no big deal. That's the ultimate collector item of Vlad Jr., a dent in your damn car.
2: Yeah, that's something even with that thing being all rusted out here in New York, I'd still be able to get a buck for probably after the fact, or at least sell the hood, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: absolutely.
2: (laughs) All right, buddy, how about your final thought and what's going on in Brendan's world?
1: Yeah, man, Um, I'm going to go with two out of three this weekend and then i i I mean i like the time when they're debuting and he gets one series at home before going back out on the road uh to the west coast to get some road games in and then they'll be back in may but i'm gonna go with two out of three for this weekend but uh other than that um i will have on our next episode next week a live perspective on vladimir Guerrero jr at the major league so i'll bring that to the table whenever we record and put out our next episode
2: Sounds good, my friend. And um, I'm going to have to figure out if I can make it up this weekend for one day or something. So we'll figure it out. You said you're free Friday or Sunday, maybe, right?
1: Yep, uh, one of the two. I'm going on, Go Friday. on Friday. I would be around on Friday. Okay. Uh, Sunday depends on when I get back from uh, the Thomas Rhett concert in uh, London, Ontario. Yeah.
2: That sounds like a hell of right. a I'm so jealous.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it uh, should be a good one.
2: So let me uh, yeah so I'm thinking I'm thinking of two wins as well but I'm thinking it's gonna be a little bit closer than our last weekend here in Oakland I'm thinking we're gonna just squeak out those two wins
1: yeah I wouldn't be surprised about that a little bit better pitching see the same guys uh, going out there for the athletics uh, in less than a week or just right about a week so yeah I think it will be two as well and probably not as much as 10 to one
2: I don't see a 10 to one happening. The the biggest thing in both those teams is, like you said, we just saw these guys. So they're going to make adjustments, and it's within the week, it's kind of easy to make those adjustments. (laughs) They just saw what the Giants did to us, so they're going to be probably changing their game plan a little bit. Where they were trying to figure out how to put us down after we were hot against the Minnesota Twins over this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, man. 100%.
2: So... I, there is going to be something going on this weekend, though. There's there's too much buzz right now that is going to keep something exciting from happening. And the players got to be all stoked to, like this thing happening, too. This is the best jo- best free agent signing you're going to get right now in this point of season, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. This should be definitely giving a jolt to the rest of the lineup, knowing that they got one of their best, if not their best player in their lineup with them
2: and this is what they need to do for the rest of the season, put the best team possible out there. We are 11-14. and 14. We're not dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're so. still hanging around, man. The better offense now, and hopefully the rotation stays healthy-ish after this little bit of a hiccup, then, hey, they could pro- they could put together some more uh, series and uh, stretches like they just did when they went 6-1 and on the road trip.
2: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. That one way or the other, at least the rest of the season is now cemented in fun. Because Vladimir Guerrero Jr., when he's not hitting or anything, he is one of the biggest characters you're going to see in the ball plug. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll continue to be fun when Kevin Biggio and Anthony Alford and other guys get up here too. So it doesn't just stop today, but this is definitely the main course.
2: I am looking forward to that first double or whatever, and then he slides into the bag and goes reaching for the arrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's still oh, one of my favorite that's
1: gonna, clips that's going to become a celebration that people start doing in the stands at the Rogers Center with him
2: this is going to be the 2015 uh, stir the stir the pot stir thing the, all of again yeah
1: that's right, exactly, you nailed that that'll be the stir the pot moment
2: uh, it, it kills me that there hasn't been anything like that since then, I almost feel like that's part of the downfall of how much these guys are actually not maybe having as much fun, it's a game, they should be having all the fun in the world, but sometimes i guess more business than it is but i think that's the difference between these the kids coming up these kids vlad biggio bichette and company have done nothing but win brendan and now that is all starting to mass in toronto
1: whoo man that just got me really excited and put a big smile on my face it's time
2: (laughs) i aim to please my friend
1: (laughs) (laughs) hopefully everybody else agrees
2: So anyways, Blue Jays fans, this is the Vlad Watch continuation slash completion. We will have normal Blue Jays Vlad Watches apparently now because he'll be part of our weekly talk. And Brendan, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward to at least major tweeting on Friday night's game. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, man, you got it. It's going to be a good time the next few, or for the rest of the season. Now that our best players up here, but uh, we'll get you up to Toronto sooner rather than later.
2: Sounds good, my friend. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Like <laughs> so, Blue Jays <laughs> fans, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at birdwatchinggc on all social media at birdwatchinggc. Don't forget to hit those subscribe buttons on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, so on and so forth, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. And we'll be right here on Jaybird Watching to bring you all the latest and greatest. And it's going to be fun as always, my friend.
1: You know it, man. Let's go Blue Jays.
2: Let's go Blue Jays. Cheers.